some excited people in the room. God responds to us responding to him. The the reality is that that you are living the greatest call of God for your life when you simply learn to live free. Wow. In that place, everything else starts to happen. Everything else starts to take care of itself. When you're living in freedom in God, you might find yourself being a great evangelist. But it's not even because you tried to get there. It's because you're called to be there. You might find yourself pastoring an amazing church, but it's not because you tried to get there. Oh! Now I'm getting myself excited. (laughs) Wow. I'm happy to be in the game. (laughs) Thank you, Jesus. (laughs) Oh, Oh, the glory of God. Uh, He's really good at his job. He's so good at his job that he needs less help than we think he needs. (laughs) Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. The more we get lost in Him, the more He comes. The more He comes, the more He does. Uh, uh, I just lo- I love being in the season where God God just comes as we adore Him. He comes and does the most wonderful things, even even before the ministry, even before we lay hands on people, even even before the, the specific declaration. And he moves in all those ways. But I love it when he comes and it's just him. I just, I just love it when there's no question involved. It's just, it's just God. <laughs> How many people know he uses the foolish things to confound the wise? I was, I was the director of the healing ministries at our church for, for six and a half, seven years back home at Bethel. And, you know, I mean... People come from all over the world to get prayer, healing, seek healing, all that stuff from all over the world. I mentioned yesterday, we have between 200 and 600 people come every Saturday to the healing rooms to get prayer in a four-hour period of time. Like, that's a lot of people. (laughs) Over the years, I've prayed, I've laid hands on a lot of people. But I tell you, as a director of the healing ministries, and yeah, I've seen blind eyes open. I've seen, I've seen deaf ears open in mass. You know, 15 people healed of deafness just like that. I mean, just awesome stuff. But I tell you, if I've prayed for you three times and nothing's happened, I'll tell you to go find a six-year-old and have them pray for you. <laughs> a, a few of us got it. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Because, because when it happens through the six-year-old, there's no question that it was God. <laughs> wow, people fly over, all over the, the world, come and get healed, and I have a title, and you know, there is an opportunity for people to think it's about the, the, the person of God. Instead of, instead of the God who's on the person. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> we've seen it happen more times than you can imagine we prayed for you ah, three times nothing happens like we just just get a child over here and have them pray and then it happens wow how'd that happen well he likes to use the foolish things of the world to confound the wise 
why he likes to be in charge. <laughs> One of the funnest miracles we, we ever experienced in the healing rooms, and you know, we have a lot of fun testimonies, but a man who's become a good friend of mine, he, uh, he had stage four esophageal cancer, and, uh, and he was dying. He lived in Southern California, and Redding is in, is in Northern California, and uh, he was not a believer. In fact, he, had, he, was, um, he was an ex-Green Beret, a special force in the Army, and then after that, he got into biker gangs and drugs and alcohol, so he was, and he had been in AA for a couple of years, so he was an, an ex-alcoholic, ex-drug addict, ex-bike a biker gang member, ex-special forces. He was a tough dude. He's like six foot four, big, didn't know Jesus, but his son did. And his son said, Dad, you know, when they got the diagnosis, said, Dad, there's this place in Reading. You should come up, let them pray for you. He's like, no way. That stuff is weird. I've seen it on TV. <laughs> so long story short, they wrestle back and forth. He's got no options, right? The hospital's like, we can't do anything for you. So his son finally convinces him to come up, and he says this. He says, fine, I will come, but I don't want anybody laying hands on me because that stuff is weird. And he's like, oh, okay, well. So his son brings him, and, uh, and his son, you know, they come to the healing rooms. His son tells the, the prayer team. He, like, preps them. He's like, he's like, okay, I just barely got my dad to come. He, he came on this one condition. He said he would let you pray, but he just doesn't want anybody laying hands on him, Okay. And see, that, that's my dad over there, six foot four, shaved head, biker, ex-alcoholic, ex-green beret, like mean, tough looking dude. Like, don't lay hands on him, no problem. <laughs> and so, you know, he comes in for prayer and the, there's a couple of team members three team members, whatever, and they're just like, you know, they got their hands out towards them, you know, they're like a foot away, just making sure, no accidental contact, you know, and <laughs> they're just like, you know, just inviting Jesus to come or whatever. He finally, he finally gets comfortable enough after a while, he's like, you know, looking around. It's really uncomfortable with people, you're praying for somebody, and they're staring at you, you know. <laughs> anyway, that's a side thought. <laughs> filter. Anyway, okay. <laughs> so he just gets comfortable enough to close his eyes. So he's got his eyes closed and they're praying for him. The only problem is we have, we have children that work in the healing rooms that are full-fledged members of the prayer team. They got the badge and everything. Why? Because there is no such thing as a junior Holy Spirit. So there's this 12-year-old boy named Isaiah who's in the prayer room, and he's just floating around, just doing his thing, just releasing God, just, just whacking people, and just releasing, just bam, just take it, and just doing his thing, just partnering with the Holy Spirit. He's floating around the room, and the only problem is nobody gave him the instructions. So the team's being really careful, and they're, they're a foot away, and he, he, he's got his eyes closed, and Isaiah just floats through the group and just puts his hand on his chest, bam, and he goes, boom, and hits the floor. All six foot four, just out, uh, unconscious, on the floor, just gone. He is, he is unconscious for 45 minutes. Look, look, I mean, this is the mean, meanest, tougher-looking guy you've ever seen, and, you know, it's the, it's the 
prayer rooms, the healing rooms, and so they, they put a pillow under his head, you know, they prop his head up, they put a pillow, and put one of those cute little prayer shawls on him, you know? <laughs> he's so big, it only reaches, like, you know, his thigh, but, you know, he's got it on there, and so he wakes up after 45 minutes, completely unchurched, never, you know, and he wakes up, his first thought, he wakes up mad. He wakes up, and he goes, who touched me? And then they all point to Isaiah, the 12-year-old. And he's like, oh. Because you can only get so mad at a 12-year-old, you know? <laughs> hey, you want more breakthrough on the streets? Take a child with you. Anyway. <laughs> a couple people got it. I could feel it. Okay, anyway. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, I'm going to finish. <laughs> he's, like, he's like, tell me, tell me, tell me. <laughs> And so, so he's like, you know, they point at Isaiah, he's like, oh, okay. And then, like, the reality, like, where he is, like, said to, he's like on the floor, totally unchurched, right? He's got the prayer shawl and the pillow. And this is, this is what comes out of his mouth next. He's like, oh, what are the odds I would have landed on this pillow? <laughs> it's honestly how it happened. <laughs> <laughs> and here and here's the rest of the story that we find out later now he is he is uh, ex special forces he had been being treated at the at the veterans hospital down in fresno which is southern california six hour drive from Reading. so he's unconscious for 45 minutes why he's unconscious jesus appears to him and says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. Will you follow me? No one comes to the Father except for me. Will you follow me? And if Rick gives the only appropriate response to that and says, yes. <laughs> so he wakes up off the floor, not only completely healed, but born again. <laughs> Come on, Jesus. Come on. <laughs> He's going to sleep on the floor. Somebody get that man a pillow. <laughs> so, so Jesus introduces himself to him. I always, I always imagine to myself, like, what does that conversation look like when somebody asks him, so who led you to the Lord? Uh, well, he did. <laughs> now, here's, <laughs> but it gets better. <laughs> so, so Rick gets up off the floor, a changed person. All the anger is gone. The addiction is gone. Uh, the, the, the rough edges, the gruffness, gone. The fear is gone. He, he goes down as hardened biker, ex-alcoholic, drug addict, special. He gets up a big teddy bear. I mean, he's a different person. He gives the best hug to anybody on the planet. He just laughs and smiles all the time. But he goes back to Fresno, goes back to the Veterans Hospital. They do all new tests and stuff on him and... and uh, you know, he was skinny, and he was a big, 
big guy, but he had lost tons of weight because he was dying. Like, there was a point, they're like, I forget how much, how long they gave him to live, but they're definitely like, there's nothing else we can do for you. And, uh, and so he'd lost all this weight. He, he, like, within a week puts on all this weight, color comes back. He's, like, healthy, vibrant. So he goes back in the hospital, they're like, what happened to you? And, uh, he's like, this 12-year-old prayed for me, you know, and... So they do, they do all new tests. They cannot find any trace of cancer in his body or, or any sign that he had ever had cancer in his body. And they're, they're so astounded at this, they start flying in specialists from all over the country to study his case. And so they're interviewing him over the next several weeks. They're interviewing him over and over again. He's telling the same story over and over again. He, this, is, this is the best. I love this part. He gets so tired of telling his story that he ends up typing it up in it, and, and he, fold, he makes his own trifold brochure, and he puts his story, his testimony in there of what happened to him, and then on the back of the brochure, he has a map of how to get from Fresno to Redding, California. <laughs> doctors and people just ask him what happened He's like oh just take a brochure you know they just <laughs> handed out his testimony but his transformation was so dramatic it was so dramatic that everybody that knew him everybody that was associated with him was like what happened to you I mean he looked like he was dying and now he's alive and full of joy and a different person so he's like, I went up to Reading, these people prayed for me, God healed me. And, and so all the people that knew him that had needs, their response was, if he did it for you, could he do it for me? And so Rick got, got coined with the nickname, the Bethel Tour Guide. Because for the next several months, every other weekend, he would drive a different carload of people the six hours up to Reading. And they... And they had the craziest miracles happen to them. Why? Because faith releases more faith. And breakthrough releases more breakthrough. Well, he brought up, he brought up, he had a lady who lived in his apartment complex who ha- was bedridden, hadn't walked. She also was dying. She had, she had home care that would come and take care of her. And she, when she saw Rick, because he would go in and visit her, she said, what happened to you? And so the story, and she's like, maybe God could do that for me. She was so fragile that Rick had to call her doctor to ask permission to even move her. And the doctor's like, well, hey, there's nothing we can do, so might as well give it a shot. So he makes a bed for her in the backseat of his car, carries her to the car, puts her in there, drives six hours, puts her in a wheelchair, brings her into the healing rooms. 20 minutes later, she's doing laps around the healing room. Oh, my goodness! That's amazing! That's amazing! Come on, Jesus! Uh-huh. 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 He, he brought up so many other people. He had brought up a friend who had dropped foot. She couldn't move her right foot, had no feeling in her leg. She gets healed. All this stuff happens. But I tell you, the greatest moment of faith in my, in my opinion, is when that lady who he put, you know, he made a bed for her and brought her up and she gets out of the wheelchair and is doing laps around the healing rooms. On the drive home, they got a six-hour drive home. It, it, halfway home, she says, Rick, can you pull over? 
He goes, why? Is something wrong? She goes, no, just that I haven't driven in years. I feel so good. I want to drive. <laughs> and he lets her do it. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, I don't know how we recover from there and get into a message. Freedom. Wow. Well, those that he has set free are free indeed. Wow. Thank you, Jesus. The greatest demographic is everybody. Wow. Well, if God wants to do it through... Isaiah, the 12-year-old, he wants to do it through you. Do you know, do you know Rick, <coughs> Rick has himself become a miracle machine? He loves Jesus. He, he, he since has moved to Reading, he now works in the healing rooms. He's seen countless people healed of cancer. He sees miracles over Skype. People just hear his testimony and they... They get a hold of him, and he'll just Skype them across the country or around the world, and they'll get healed over Skype. I mean, oh, he, just, he just oozes love and joy everywhere he goes. Uh-huh. Uh, the kingdom of heaven is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Papa, we love you. Oh, Yegon. Thank you, Father. I am stalling because I do not know how to fit my message in. (laughs) 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 If If I was first string, I might have a smoother transition, but... <laughs> as the water boy, I'm just making it up as we go along. <laughs> All right, I'm going to talk about this and give myself some time. <clears throat> this is called carrying the anointing, three ways to increase partnering with the presence of God. I would like to give it to this gentleman. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa! Yeah! I like you! <laughs> hey! <laughs> Come on! That just gave me a thought. <laughs> now, don't, don't stone me till you hear the end of the thought. <laughs> but the thought is this. The Bible never applauds politeness. <laughs> the Bible never applauds politeness. Never once do you find Jesus highlighting, pulling out the person from the back of the crowd who didn't ask. The, Jesus, not once does Jesus pull out the person from the back of the crowd who's like, Jesus is like, oh, you back there, yes, I, I, I heard your thoughts. And I heard you saying to yourself, you know what, there's a lot of other people here with greater needs than mine, I'm just not going to ask, I'm just going to hang out here in the back. 
Never once does he pull out somebody and go, you know what? There's a lot of people pressing in. Thank you for not pressing your way through the crowd to get to me. I'm pretty sure it's also in your Bible. (laughs) Never once does he say, you know what? Thank you for keeping my roof intact. Just a thought. <laughs> but, in, but in the kingdom, the, the opposite of polite isn't rude, it's bold. Come on, Jesus. This is called the glorious nature of God. Whatever, whatever. <laughs> what? 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 <laughs> goodness. We'll get you a copy. We'll get you a copy. I will get you a copy. (laughs) The glorious nature of God. Whatever nature of God that you're aware of while you worship is the nature of God that will manifest itself in your life. Say that again. Whatever nature of God that you're aware of while you worship is the nature of God that will manifest itself in your life. There's a lot more I could say about that, but that's why I put it on the CD. (laughs) I highlighted this one yesterday, but this is heavy drinking material. (laughs) It it is called... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> wow, it's called it's called maturing into childlikeness, and it really it really should have a "Do Not Listen and Drive" sticker on it. Uh, I mean, it's crazy. We got training on healing uh, back there. This is practical training for walking and healing power. I'm not giving that one away. Um, so it's what we use to train our our healing rooms. We have a couple other series specifically on training. If you want that, it's back there. And then what I forgot to mention, I highlighted this over the weekend, this is radical testimony encounters from a revival generation. It's people that, uh, you know, some of my best friends who just see God show up in phenomenal ways, metal disappear, and all that stuff. And I asked them to share the moment that God marked their life. So it's like tracks. And uh, one person is sharing the moment that God marked their life, and it's set to music. But what I forgot to mention is that there's an uncut version as well. Because God showed up so powerfully during this recording that there was like 30 minutes, just like waves of glory going through the room. We couldn't function. Like, we just had to stop everything we were doing and just laughter. We were hammered just on the floor. And so they made an uncut version where they didn't pull that stuff out. <laughs> so if you want the uncut version, it's back there. Thank you, Father. <clears throat> Shoo. Wow. Whatever... Yeah, I'm gonna change. I'm gonna change my message. Thank you, Jesus. Ephesians. Yes, ma'am. It's your house. You could do whatever you want. 
<laughs> wow, thank you, Father. We love you, Papa. Wow, thank you, Papa. We're going to let them throw them out in a minute. Let's, uh, let's give them a few more packages. And, uh, wow, in, in Ephesians. In Ephesians chapter 3. In Ephesians chapter 3. And I'm going to do this obviously very quickly. Um, it's, it's the glorious nature of God. If you, you know, obviously the full message is back there. But for time, I just, I just feel grace on this right now. How many people know that grace, grace is God's operational power at work on our behalf? L literally God coming and doing what we can't do in and of ourselves. Wow. <laughs> wow. Grace is God healing stage 4 cancer through 12-year-olds and, and doing everything else that we could never do apart from Him. Thank you, Jesus. And I feel grace flowing in the room right now. Wow. <clears throat> in the outpouring of grace, we just see the most phenomenal things happen. <clears throat> Not because we do it, but because we partner with Him, we trust Him, we love Him. Oh, we invite Him to come, and then we get out of the way. <clears throat> Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> wow. I don't know why I keep thinking this testimony, but there was a man in... Connecticut a while back, he had he had progressive scoliosis. For, it had gotten worse for 30 years, and he was a construction worker, heavy laborer, and it, it just got worse, 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 worse. Well, he gets prayer in the meeting, feels nothing happen. He goes home, goes to sleep at night. Oh, did I mention it got so bad that he would lost three inches of height? <coughs> he goes goes home, goes to sleep, felt nothing during prayer sleeps all night through, no pain, no discomfort, wakes up in the morning going, that's the first time I've slept in 30 years with no pain, gets out of bed and goes, I feel straighter. And he goes, he calls his wife, he's like, I think something happened, come here and measure me right now. He grew two inches overnight. His, he came back the next day, his back was straight, and then over the next week he continued to grow. <laughs> Wow, come on, Jesus. <coughs> in, Eph <coughs> in Ephesians 3, <coughs> uh, starting in verse 8, this is Paul speaking to the Ephesians. To me, who in less than the least of all the saints, this grace was given. Somebody say grace. grace. That I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ, and to make all see what is the fellowship of the mystery which from the beginning of the ages has been hidden in God who created all things through Christ Jesus. Here it is, verse 10. To the intent that now the manifold wisdom of God might be made known to, known by the church to the principalities and powers in the heavenly places. Stop there. Wow. 
There's so much in there that we could unpack, but I want to pull out this one thing, that, that Paul, by grace, has been given this assignment, and part of his assignment is recognizing the manifold wisdom of God. Or the manifold nature of God. If God is manifold, and manifold literally means multifaceted or multicolored, it's kind of like a diamond that has several facets. And however you turn the diamond to the light, you get a, a different display of colors and brilliance. Come on, Jesus. <clears throat> if, God is, if God is manifold in his wisdom, then he's probably manifold in all of his ways. And the real, it, it's really true. And so I, I don't have time to go into it, but I begin to study that out and just, and just see that God is multifaceted in all of his ways. And I've been saying it all weekend long, we access grace where we recognize grace. Hmm, wow. How many people... How many people don't just know up here that God is good, but you know it in here that God is good? <clears throat> and how many people know that when you live in that place with an awareness that God is good, guess what manifests in your life? His goodness. <laughs> there, there, there are, fortunately the number is shrinking, but there's still people on the planet that don't know that God is good. <clears throat> So God is multifaceted in all his ways. If you know that God, if you know God as a kind father, guess what manifests in your life? If you know, if you know him as benevolent, guess what manifests in your life? If you know him as generous, guess what manifests in your life? Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> A long story short is that one day I was in the healing rooms, and I was, it, it was an off time. We weren't closed, but I was just praying through the rooms and just asking for the more, you know, as we do, and just spending time with God, like, oh, you're so good, and just asking for the more. And God spoke to me, and God said to me, he said, am I just the healer to you? And I said to myself, God, well, I know that you're the healer because the Bible says you are, but since you're asking the question, there must be something to this. And so I said, God, what are you saying? And he says, am I just the healer to you or am I myself healing? And in that moment, you know how God can speak, but a wealth of information is transferred to your spirit. At that moment, I begin to realize, oh, no, God, I've been, I, I have been relating to you as the healer, and in my own estimation, that that means that healing is something that you do, not something you are. Meaning that, God, I had to ask, a access you to do it this time. That it, it actually was a task. That I was like, oh, God, did I pray enough for you to do it this time? Oh, God, what about this time? God, are you going to do it this time? And it was a task. It was an assignment. It was a role. But he said, am I just that or am I myself healing? Meaning that where he is, sickness isn't. <laughs> and, and obviously we are growing from glory to glory. We are growing into the more perfect image. We are on our way somewhere, but in his perfect presence... At his feet in heaven, is there any sickness? Is there any disease? Is there cancer, deafness, blindness? Any, it doesn't exist in his perfect presence. So the revelation, he said, is healing isn't something I have to do. Healing is something I am. 
And I begin to realize, oh, God, that every time we're aware of you, healing is available. Because you are that. <clears throat> but what else is God? Fast forward down the line, and he let me learn that lesson for a while. A couple months later, he asked me, he said, am I just the provider to you, or am I provision? Ha, 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 ha. Whatever nature of God that we're aware of when we worship, we become like the one that we behold. Anointed literally means to be smeared. We get smeared with what? We get smeared with his presence. Yeah, we become covered with the nature of the one that we behold and worship. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> in in Exodus in Exodus three, Moses meets God in the burning bush. And you know the story. God tells Moses, uh, "I'm sending you to Egypt to deliver my people." And Moses says, God, who am I to tell them sent me so that they will know? And God has this profound answer. He says, go and tell them, I am that I am. <laughs> now, why did he say that? Because that's the only description he could give that fully describes and encapsulates himself. It, Jesus, I mean, God could have said, go and tell them I'm the healer. That would have been true but not the whole truth. He could have said, go and tell him I'm the provider. It would have been true, but not the whole truth. Go and tell him I'm the deliverer. He could have gone on and on. I'm your strength. I'm your rock. I'm your high tower. He could have gone on and on, but no one name fully encaptures who he is. So his response is this, go and tell him I am who I am. Ha, 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 so the question is, who is he to you? Wow. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> wow. Yeah. The more we catch this revelation, the more God just starts to do stuff. Metal disappears. We don't even pray. We're not even praying for it. We don't even know what's happening. Marriages are restored. You know, we, we've had countless, countless marriages restored in the healing rooms. It's a place where we're there to pray for physical healing. But when, but when the goodness of God shows up, stuff happens. <laughs> we've, literally had, we've literally had two divorced people come because they had, they had a, I think it was a daughter, their daughter was graduating, so they both came into town for the graduation, both showed up at the healing rooms, didn't know the other one was going to be there, getting prayer for whatever on opposite sides of the room, they both get touched with the, with the goodness of God, they get healed, but <laughs> the goodness of God leads people to repentance, they end up making up right there in the healing room, hugging and kissing, <laughs> right there in the healing rooms. <laughs> <laughs> what what nature of God are you aware of when you worship? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Because that's the nature that will show up. It will manifest itself in your life. Oh, thanks, Papa. Uh, 
<coughs> we're going to end with this, and then we're going to release those angels. <laughs> Jesus, in, in, the, in the Garden of Gethsemane, and again, we all know the story, the soldiers come to arrest Jesus in the garden, and in John 18, verse 4, it says, Jesus, therefore, knowing all things that would come upon him, went forward and said to them, Who are you seeking? And they answered him, Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus said to them, I am he. And Judas, who betrayed him, also stood with them. Verse 6, Now when he said to them, I am he, they drew back and fell to the ground. The entire, the entire platoon garrison that was sent to arrest Jesus, the whole group, when Jesus said, I am he, it says they all drew back and fell to the ground. That's a really odd statement. Until you study it out, you look at it, it literally means the strength of their bodies failed them and they collapsed. What does that mean? It means the whole group was slain in the spirit. <laughs> but here it is, when it says, I am he, the word he isn't in the Greek. Jesus, knowing all things, steps forward and says, who are you seeking? And they said, Jesus of Nazareth. And Jesus, for a moment, pulls back the, the cloak of humanity to reveal his glory. And in the simple declaration of, I am, poof, the whole army is slain in the spirit. <clears throat> hmm. Wow. Jesus. Father, I thank you that you're good. <laughs> thank you that you're good, Father. We invite the grace of the I am into the room. Wow. Father, I thank you that you are provision. I thank you that you are healing. I thank you that you are adoption. Wow. I thank you that you are love encounters. God, Father, I thank you that we have permission to pull on whatever nature of you that we're aware of until we begin to become smeared with that nature, literally covered, poured over on. The anointing of that thing just begins to run over our lives until it begins to manifest itself everywhere we go in Jesus' name. Wow. <laughs> if, you want, if you want more of that, I just would invite you to stand to your feet right now. Wow, thank you, Jesus. Wow. And I just want you to just, let's just begin to adore God. I just want you to lift the eyes of your spirit to Him. And I just want you to say, Jesus, what nature of you are you calling me to be more aware of? It can't, it's not good enough just, just to have intellectual understanding. Oh, God, don't just teach my head, teach my heart. Wow, what area of you do you want me to be aware of? Huh. Whoa. You know, in the, in the season that God said, am I just the provider or am I provision? I went to the mailbox, got the stack of mail, was just flipping through it, 
my finger touched an envelope, and before I saw the address or anything, it said, my finger touched the envelope, and the Lord spoke. He said, it's a check. Get used to it. I opened the envelope. It was a handwritten envelope sent to my house. I opened the envelope. There's no note in there. It's just a check for a, for a substantial amount of money, and in the, in the memo line, it says honorarium. The only thing is, it's from a place I've never been and from people I've never heard of. <laughs> now, my first rational thought was, I wonder if they got a CD and were blessed or something. And then I realized that, that it came to my home address. <laughs> thank you, Jesus. Father, I thank you that you are provision. Well, Father, I thank you that healing isn't something you have to do. Healing is something that you are. I thank you that there's grace flowing, Father, in the room for transformation, God, for revelation, God, for abundance. Whoa, in Jesus' name. Wow, favor, Father, right now, in Jesus' name. Whoa, in your presence, God, I thank you for touching jaws right now, in Jesus' name. Ha, 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 ha. Whoa, Father, I thank you for healing people's laughers in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Wow, more of you, Papa, in Jesus' name. Wow, the goodness of heaven. Yeah, just, there it is. Just let them love on you. The, 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 yeah, Father, I thank you, God, for healing. Like bone spurs, like in the, in the ankle. Uh, or the heel, rather. Thank you, Father. Wow. Thank you, Papa, because you're good. Wow. And that pain that runs from the neck across the top of the shoulder blades, God. I thank you for that, Papa. Grace, grace, grace. We had, we've had several healings, miracles this, this weekend already wow, and we're gonna we'll go after it again tonight <laughs> huh. but because his presence is him thank you father yeah for migraines lifting wow. because his presence is him and he is good it's impossible to have his presence come and not have good things happen yeah father even in the bladder wow Whew. Fire of grace. Ha, 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 ha. Yeah. Whoa. Thank you, Father. Wow. I want you just quickly, I want you to check your body right now. If you believe you've been in the presence of God this morning, I just want you to check your body right now. Just move, bend, twist. If you came in with some pain, some discomfort. <clears throat> Hey, don't, don't give Jesus a, 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 a courtesy check. Check your body. Like bend over, move your shoulder, twist, pick up your neighbor over your head, do something. Check your body, check your body by faith. Do something, bend, bend your knees, uh, take a deep breath through your nose, whatever you got to do, check your body right now. Whoa, shukurababa, yeah. In Jesus' name, yeah, by faith. By faith, check your body. Whoa. Now, now look, we're going to go after it tonight, but I just want to know, it, just being in the presence, how many people are noticing some shift in your body, some level of breakthrough in something you came in with, and God's touching. Put your hand up really high. 
and just begin to wave your hands like this so we can actually, so we can actually see the hands. Wow. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Ha, 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 ha. Whoa. Yeah. Put your hand back up for me. Put your hand back up. I just want you to tell us what part of your body God's touching. We don't have time. Tonight we can do more testimonies. Just, just, I'm going to point to you. Just tell me what part of your body is God touching. Just quickly. Your neck. Your neck. Your neck. Come on. Wow. Thank you. Your heel. Come on, Jesus. Ah. You know what that means? That means the third string got one right. Come on, Jesus. Thank you. How about right here? Your shoulder. Come on. Your jaw. Come on, Jesus. Your neck and jaw. Come on. In the back. Your ribs. Come on, Jesus. In the, in the corner back there. Your tailbone. And what? And your lower back. Come on, Jesus. Anybody else want to give God praise? Your eyes. Wow, come on. We were praying for that. Come on. Uh, yes, ma'am. Your neck, your shoulder, and your back. Come on. You, you got a visit. You got a visit from the God of the overhaul. <laughs> come on. Come on. Can we just give Jesus praise together? Can we do that? Father, we thank you. We exalt you. And we adore you, Father, this morning in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Thanks, Lord. Amen. Wrong. There you go, Ben. You know, it'd be great, my friend. Just keep it on. Just forever, for eternity. Never turn this mic off. That'd be great. All right. We're going to do one more thing here this morning. Be seated for just a minute. We're going to release you, release you in the harvest fields. I tell you, there are little waitresses out there right now. They don't know the encounter that's coming their way. All right? They have no understanding of what's getting ready to hit them. As we get out there, we go go out to eat or whatever. They have no idea. So uh, uh, let, it be a, let it be a surprise, okay, a great surprise. Well, we want to we bless Joaquin and Renee. We want to bless Brian and Pauline. We want to bless them for just being with us this weekend. We're going to be together again tonight at 6 o'clock. Everybody say 6 o'clock. Uh, we're, we're, we're coming together uh, an hour earlier so we could possibly get to bed an hour earlier, but that never happens usually. Yeah, yeah. So I want to just give you an opportunity. Let's just take a moment and say, Daddy, what? how do you want me to bless?